Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. welcome. Well, discovering that you're expecting a baby is one of the most uplifting and thrilling experiences any couple could encounter. Now, whilst a mother is expecting, naturally we focus on her health and well-being. With ongoing prenatal checkups and classes, we're eager to know almost daily how she is feeling. So with the spotlight on the mother, sometimes her partner can feel a little bit like a third wheel. However, this shouldn't be the case. You know, dads are equally important pillar in the development of a child's cognitive, social and emotional well-being and development. And this all starts as early as in utero. So today we're here to help break old stereotypes and discuss how dads can be equally involved as a mother in the preparation for their newborn baby's arrival and beyond. So the question is, what can dads do to help get ready for their baby's arrival? Lucky for us, our special guest is going to tell us exactly what they are. Today, we welcome Karen Ludsky, CEO of Red Nose Australia. Now, a little bit about our guest. Karen has over 30 years clinical and business experience having spent the last 18 years as a director of a counselling service specialising in the area of grief and loss. However, Karen's life changed forever in 1998 when her third child, Ben, died from SIDS. Following this, Karen turned her professional energy to supporting other bereaved parents and families, providing clinical supervision and educating other professionals in the field. Karen, thank you so much for your time today. How are you? I'm fantastic, and it's so lovely to be with you, Rachel. Oh, I'm very honoured to have your time, and I know that leading up to Red Nose Day, um, which we're going to speak about in just a moment also, is a very busy time of year, so we're very, very grateful for what time you, you've got with us today. Um, and before we get stuck into Red Nose Day and, and what um, incredible work that you're doing, I just wanted to just sort of, you know, put the spotlight on dads, you know, and as we know, fathers play such an important role in parenting. Uh, and as a disclaimer, before we get stuck into all the questions and everything else, I just wanted to acknowledge that this interview, when we say the term dad and father broadly, um, we are acknowledging, I guess, the broad spectrum that includes all co-parents and rainbow families, of course. So I just wanted to sort of to get that disclaimer just out. <laughs> but historically, you know, mothers have been the primary caretaker of babies during the first year of life. And this is influenced, of course, by the pregnancy and all of her maternal instincts. But initially ask you a question you now what do you think uh, and why do you think fathers are so important during a baby's first year of life oh we know so much about the bonds that are created for babies in that first year of life and their, their need to have key attachment figures and in that first actually few years of life the parents play that role so our whole sense of of safety of security of belonging in this world comes from those really formative first couple of years and 
we know that that both parents play such a significant role in establishing well-balanced human beings. And I think sometimes, you know, dads get, get underplayed in that role and yet we, we have there is so much research that actually backs up how important that, that non-maternal um, key is for, for families and for babies. But with that then, you know, what would you say, I guess, are the key benefits that can be obtained when both a father and mother take care of the baby equally? What are your thoughts? I think at a really kind of biologically biological level, we're we're programmed to attach, we're programmed to to connect. And when we have the benefit of feeling safe, and again, as you said before, it doesn't matter whether it's a mum or dad, two mums, two dads you know, and anything in between. It's that, it's what they're getting from those two individuals. So the personality traits, the 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 genes, to be honest, that the time spent with both. So you have you may have two parents with very different parenting styles that are teaching that baby two lessons at the same time and two ways of being in the world that is it's actually priceless. You know, what is established as a baby informs, you know, who we are as, as adults and for both parents to be involved and, you know, where it is one male and one female for that baby to have, you know, the, the insight, the wisdom of those those two individuals is incredible. Of course, there's so many benefits and that's another whole conversation, I guess, and another whole topic uh, for another day. But, you right. know, the, Broadly, of course, we know mothers have more time for self-care and um, reduced risk of psychological stress. Um, dads have the opportunity, of course, to actively participate, influence their baby's development, which I want to speak to you about just now. But it also means, I think, um, potentially, I'd love to know, you know, babies can also learn to be flexible in being cared in different ways by different people as well. So it just sort of seems that having dads participate is just a win-win for everyone. But I wanted to ask, do you think that by strengthening fathers' confidence in the early stages, by showing them how they can actually support the baby's arrival and just what activities they can do, that it could um, foster a father's positive parenting skills, do you think? Well, I think that's actually a really big question because the first part is it's so interesting to see that even as women and first-time mothers, you know, let's not kid ourselves. We're terrified. We have no idea what we're doing, but we try and bluff our way through. And, you know, God help anyone who can see that we're feeling insecure. So we kind of come across as, as experts and know-it-alls. You know, you've got a baby this way and you've got to hold him or her that way. And mm-hmm. I think often the poor dads kind of get the, 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 uh, you know, the, the job of having to do it the way that, that mums tell them to do when in reality we're all trying to find our way. And I think, you know, to give dads the confidence to be able to say, you know, the baby's really settled when I hold him or her like this and I think they like it and it's okay for them to, to be held two different ways and it's okay, you know, for me to sing the baby to sleep or it's okay, you know, for me to do tummy time with the baby or it's okay, it's okay for me to have a different way of doing something with the baby that I also know will enrich our child and show them a different way of doing it. And I think sometimes mums are afraid to let dad step up because, you know, we're feeling insecure and we know that when we're insecure and vulnerable, our control freak personalities 
come out and, no, you've got to do it that way. <laughs> um, whereas I think, you know, we talk about dads gaining confidence, but it's also mums gaining confidence to trust that we're all working this out together. And well what said. we're seeing... What we're seeing so often now is dad's playing a really active role in that newborn period of babies, more so probably than ever before. So it's a really good opportunity for us to start experimenting with how can we have that equal involvement, even if mum's breastfeeding. As well. And in, in saying that, you know, in a baby's earliest days, the father can provide consistent nurturing, as you're just saying, through breastfeeding and all different things and care to support the mother. Um, and this support can, in fact, become, I guess, the, the building blocks of the bond that they share with the baby forever. So in saying this, you know, do you think that earlier that fathers are involved in a, with the preparation of the baby's arrival could possibly contribute the bond the father has and and the depth of connection with the baby? Well, we hear so often, you know, from, from dads say, you know, it's hard to connect while, while, you know, my partner's pregnant, you know, everything's happening to her, for her, with her, and we're kind of like that silent observer waiting for that beautiful day that our baby is born, whereas what we're kind of saying is let's try and get you involved earlier. You know, let's get you involved in in, you know, feeling your baby move. Let's help you get involved with even sharing the fears that your partner may have. And often we'll hear, you know, mum say, you know, I'm a bit worried, you know, the, the baby hasn't moved as much. And we're quite quick to dismiss those fears where if we can encourage dads at that point to kind of support her in that get to know get to know their baby in utero, as well as start doing, you know, some of those really practical things in preparation for baby that often makes dads feel like they're doing something. Because I think that's the challenge. The pregnancy is happening, you know, so separate to them. Well, that's a perfect segue into to mentioning that we published your article titled, 10 Things Dads Can Do Now to Get Ready for Baby's Arrival. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what, like what it's about and, of course, what inspired Red Nose to write it? Well, I think it, what inspired us to write it is, you know, we want to empower dads to be a really, you know, active person, part of this beautiful pregnancy and birth experience. And we sort of looked at what are the things that they can do that, that can create that excitement for them, that they feel like, you know, there's nothing like getting involved um, practically to go, oh, my God, I've actually really got a baby coming. And, you know, that starts, you know, at the very onset, and I know COVID has made this difficult for dads, but, you know, being involved in antenatal classes, you know, early on to kind of be getting the information that mum's getting, you know, at the same time she is so that they can start having these conversations without feeling like, you know, mum's telling them everything that they should should do, shouldn't do, et cetera. They're actually hearing that, you know, um, from the same source that mum is. So that, that's the first tip, which can be incredibly helpful. So I, I guess we can sort of dive um, into this now. I mean, how can dads then get ready for a baby's arrival? In your article, you list your top 10 tips. Could you share them with us now? Um, yeah, I'm all ears. Yep, sure. <laughs> so we, we talk, I've talked about antenatal classes and the beauty of antenatal classes is that they're, we're given tips you know, some really basic stuff that often, you know, you know when parents say, well, how do you know how to bath the baby? Or I've never changed a nappy in my life. 
how do I know if it's on too loose, too tight, et cetera? And that's the beauty of kind of going to classes together and getting that experience. The simple act of packing the hospital bag, right? What is it that's going to need to go to hospital? You know, it's going to be what does mum need? What did dad what does dad need? He's going to be there for a while, you know, and kind of having that conversation together builds that sense of, of excitement. We also have a look at, you know, the very practical, and I feel like I'm being a bit gender stereotypical here, but, you know, the building of the nursery furniture, the putting things together. Um, I don't know about you. It's one of those things where I'm very happy to handball anything <laughs> that comes flat packed, you know. So if that's something that, that dads can get involved in, you know, that's that's great. Um, the other big one is the, the car seat, the car restraint that, you know, we have very strong safety standards, you know, in this country, which is amazing about making sure that that our car seats are well fitted, et cetera. You know, in, in the week before the due date, et cetera, go get the car fitted because there's something super exciting about driving around in anticipation, you know, all right, we're, you know, we're ready now. The next one's actually quite a big one, which is almost agreeing in advance about, you know, how are we actually going to raise this baby? What are we, how are we going to navigate, you know, the sleep space, the feeding space, the, the settling, you know, whose role is what? And I think having those conversations in advance where no one's sleep deprived yet, mm-hmm. you kind of kind of get a really good sense early on of, of the roles that each of, of the parents are going to play. And, you know, for so many parents will hear things like, you know, mum will do the, the you know, the shift till about midnight and then dad will do the middle of the night one so that mum can get a block of, of sleep, you know, because what we absolutely know to be true is that sleep deprivation wreaks havoc, right? So if, if parents can share um, certainly the sleep um, time that that's a really big difference and also just having those conversations you know what how do we feel about letting our, our, our baby cry you know what so you know what what's our way what's going to be our way of parenting this little bub mm-hmm. um buy seasonally appropriate clothing and you know often we'll have parents say to us how much do we need and the reality is you don't need a lot you know, we, we spend time at the parent and baby expos with, with people going, oh, my God, I've got this list. And we say, well, actually, you don't need that list. Right? Babies grow really fast. So you need stuff that's, that's really versatile, that's seasonally appropriate, that can be layered, you know, up and down, um, but start getting, you know, that sort of stuff prepared. And I think involving dads in that can be incredibly um, helpful. <laughs> nappies right (laughs) you know nappies it feels like everything's about nappies you know in those those first couple of months but really kind of making sure that we've got the basic necessities so that we're not coming home from hospital having to rush out Mm -hmm. and and buy stuff now you know again don't need to buy much just the absolute basics we also talk a lot about food right because food and sleep 
are two really important roles in kind of happy babying and happy parenting. Um, so if we can, if dads can help prepare food for the first couple of weeks, you know, put stuff in the freezer, then he can take responsibility for meals and just go, you know, darling, I'm I'm going to organise dinner, you rest for a bit. And, you know, what you're seeing there is the beginning of a really respectful, I understand you're tired and I can carry some of this load as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we also talk about creating a list of important phone numbers. A baby is born and, you know, that A, there's lots of people that you need to contact, but you also want to have those lists of emergency contact numbers that, you know, you may need. Hopefully never, but you may. So that's mm-hmm. something that dads can do. And the final one, and obviously, you know, a really significant one for us here at Red Nose is making sure that dads are aware of our safe sleep messaging. And, you know, that that really is a cornerstone of everything that we stand for here at Red Nose, making sure that people have access to the most up-to-date, evidence-based safe sleep messaging to keep their beautiful babies safe. Thank you for going through all of those. And, of course, we'll have a link um, in the um, interview to the to the article for, for parents to be able to read your top 10 tips. Um, but... Um, moving on from that, which is a perfect segue, I'd love to understand and have you just explain what are, talking about safe sleeping, um, what are Red Nose's safe sleep recommendations for all sleeps, both day and night? And that's the key, Rachel, for all sleeps, day and night. You know, there's no, you know, there's no quick sleep. You know, anytime you put your baby down to sleep, what we want people to absolutely do every single time, every single time, number one, baby always on their back, always, always, always on their back. We want them in to have their head and face uncovered at all times. So no, no going to sleep with beanies on heads or anything around their, their necks. Um, always down the bottom, you know, of the cot. We want to make sure that the cot itself, and we often say it's not pretty, right? It's really basic. We want a cot that's clear of anything um, that can in any way cause any danger for that baby. And that effectively means that that bub is in that cot on its own, either in a sleeping suit or right down the bottom of a cot with a light blanket, and that's that's enough. We want babies to be smoke-free both before and after birth. Uh, We also strongly suggest that babies are in the room with parents for the first six to 12 months in their own sleep space. And finally, to breastfeed if possible. And Mm -hmm. we completely understand that for some women, it's not possible. And then we just say, just, you know, make sure you're doing the other five. Mm -hmm. We'll have a link to to that on your website also. Um, And a new Red Nose Australia poll, I, I understand. Um, the poll was of 120 dads, uh, has found that around 65% had not received any newborn safe sleep advice from a health professional. Can you tell us a little bit more about this advice and a little bit more about the poll? Yeah, sure. At the last um, Parents and Babies Expo in Melbourne in May, so it was certainly within, still very much within the COVID period, Um, we um, did a poll of both new and expectant dads and asked them a whole range of questions about either new parent, new fatherhood or upcoming fatherhood. And we were really, I'm going to say shocked, um, to hear that that 65% of dads had not been able to go to one antenatal class um, with with their partner. 
So not being able to go to one antenatal class means that they hadn't been able to receive any of those parenting messages that we were talking about before. But, you know, what was interesting is that they had not received any safe sleep advice and that same percentage, more or less, talked about being afraid of SIDS but not knowing anything that they could do to reduce the risks. And that for us kind of, we just went alarm bells. We need to be making sure that dads have access to the same information that mums do. Um, and, you know, it really kind of triggered a, a, a whole process for us in how do, how do we make sure that dads can be um, educated on safe sleep messages and also, you know, play that really pivotal role in the, the early days, weeks, months of a baby's life. In that, how can dads then reach out for support then? So as a result of Red Nose Day, Red Nose Day has done amazing things for, for our organisation over, you know, the last 30-odd years. And, you know, at, at the crux of it, the donations that come from the Australian community fund things like our Safe Sleep Advice line. So that number is 1300 998 698. And that means that anybody can call that number and ask any question that they want um, about anything, actually safe sleep or keeping bubs safe. They'll be talking to a trained professional who can answer their question. And I will say there are no dumb questions. You know, if there is something worrying parents, we would much prefer people to ring up. Um, the other way that they can access, they can send us an email and we'll email back. And obviously our website is a wealth um, of, of resources that can help and answer of lots of questions. But all of that, you know, is funded by the generosity of of people during Red Nose Day. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes also. But more broadly, can you tell us a little bit more about Red Nose Day this year, which is Friday the 13th of August? It's funny you mentioned Red Nose Day and I just smile because I think, you know, for me, Red Nose Day has always been, you know, that fun kind of get silly for a serious cause day. And, you know, I think about, you know, Red Nose Day this year and last year have been very different campaigns as a result of COVID where, you know, we've pretty much had to mm -hmm. go with a, a digital um, campaign. But what Red Nose Day does, as I said before, on the more serious note, is it helps fund really vital services that we deliver. So that's our education, our prevention. Um, it funds research. It also helps us deliver free 24-7 bereavement support um, for families impacted by the death of a baby or child for as long as they need. So, you know, this Red Nose Day, we're aiming for $700,000 and we know, you know, we are in a COVID world and, you know, we've got, you know, states constantly in and out of, of lockdown. So we know that we're asking a lot of people to dig deep. Um, but what we will say is that every dollar that comes in goes towards saving little lives. And, you know, for me personally, you know, as a bereaved mum, you know, that's what drives me you know, every single day. You probably can't see, but just behind me, there's a little photo, you know, of, of a little bub who's, you know, my reason for for giving my heart and soul to, to Red Nose because I want to make sure that no families go through, you know, what mine did. Um, and that's what Red Nose Day is all about, is truly making a difference. And would you be able to just maybe share just briefly just a little, little bit about your experience and, and why yeah, you think sure. it's so important to raise awareness about SIDS? 
Well, I think, you know, probably most importantly for me, Ben was my third child. Um, I I never thought SIDS happened to someone like me. I don't know who I thought it happened to, but it wasn't me. Um, he was, um, when I said before, it doesn't matter how long you put them down to sleep for, I had put him down. He'd been down about 20 minutes um, when I went in. It was a daytime sleep. I was picking him up to, to take him out for lunch and I thought I'll let him have a quick nap and then I'll I'll transfer him. He was three months old and when I went into his room to grab him, he wasn't breathing. And, you know, for me that was when my life changed very much as as I know it. And I guess I can sit here today and I look like I've got I've got my act together. But you know, if I go back to those those early days, it made me reassess everything. Um, you know, the person I am, the family we are, you know, what I want to do professionally, what what's truly important, our perspective on life, um, everything. And so, you know, he drives me every single day to be, I guess, the best that I can be um, and to make sure that, you know, this organisation that was there for me when I needed it back in 1998 is there for, you know, families with new, beautiful, healthy babies who just want some advice um, and also for those families who are going through, you know, the worst time of their life. And I think that that's kind of the interesting part about Red Nose. We get to sit in the joy of, of beautiful bouncing healthy babies and we also see the other end of when it doesn't go so well mm. um you know I feel like it's an absolute privilege to be honest to be able to to lead this organization why do you personally think that red nose day is so important and why everyone should do their bit to help support parents living through the, the nightmare of losing a baby or a child you know I think red nose day has has two really um key I guess agendas one is just let's get advocacy let's get talking about safe sleeping let's get talking about sleep accidents let's get talking about how we can get dads more involved in in those early parenting days weeks months etc um, let's talk about you know the things that parents can do and you know we're, we're doing a lot more work now in the the stillbirth space as well you know three really simple messages that we like to give families around reducing some of the risk of stillbirth and they're quite simple one smoke free two um, for mums to sleep on their their side post 28 weeks and the third one is to know your baby's movements so if something doesn't feel right don't worry about being the, the oh my god I shouldn't complain and I shouldn't whinge get to your health professional and say I'm worried you know and so all of these messages are really important for us to continue to advocate for for families to be their voice. And we take that role really responsibly. That for us is Red Nose Day. When we see it all across social media, when we've got Kittypedia doing a podcast with me, that's what it's about. And obviously the second part is raising the funds that we need to continue to do, this, to deliver the services that are, are absolutely crucial. And obviously to continue funding research to find out why these babies are dying in the first place. Well, so about- I guess what I'm saying, you know, we, we rely so heavily on the Australian public to deliver the work that we do and that's what Red Nose Day is about as well as getting silly for a serious course. So there's some really silly videos of me. I, I'm very happy to make a fool of myself if it's raising awareness and funds. 
So, so talking about key messages, and we've covered off on, on a lot of information today, how would you summarise your key messages for anyone watching and listening? Um, in terms of Red Nose Day, in terms of safe sleep, in terms of all of it? Yeah, so, I guess all of it. I mean, because it's, it's all, I mean, I mean, summarise the key messages, of course, for, for Red Nose Day and also everything we're speaking about, about with um, your research into to dad's involvement and the importance of them getting involved as early as possible and as much as possible. I mean, my, my message would be, you know, these beautiful babies are a gift. They are an absolute gift and we are privileged as parents to be parents. So I just say to anyone, you know, enjoy every minute of the, the the gift that these children are, do everything you can to keep your baby safe, and often that's just education. I'll often say, don't get don't get sucked into what you're seeing on social media about different products. Just come back to to you know what's safe. Um, talk about stuff if you're scared, if you've got questions, don't be afraid to reach out because we've all been scared and we've all had no idea at some point. And, you know, and to any of those families who are impacted by the death of a baby or child, my message is you are not alone and you don't need to do it alone. We have a 24-7 line, which is 1300 308 307. It is manned 24-7 by people with lived experience. You know, we couldn't do our work without them um, as well. And, you know, we, we, we will provide a space for you to help you start working through that grief process. But I think, and the final one would be just a massive thank you um, to you, Rachel, for the time today, but also to, to the Australian community who have supported Red Nose for 30 odd years and continue to support it today because from my heart, we could not do the work that we do without that support. Well, it's, it's an absolute honour. I'm going to get emotional if I if I explain any further than that. So. That saved me crying on camera and uh, during the recording. Um, <laughs> I'll just throw to you to say if uh, parents have got any questions, whereabouts can they find you? So for general questions, rednose.org.au or, as I said before, one 998 about safe sleep questions. Anything about Red Nose Day and how you can get involved is rednoseday.org.au and there are some really fun ways to get involved from buying merchandise to running an event to the digital red noses, filming yourself and just spreading it across social media, um, you know, and finally, you know, making a donation. But, there, you know, your involvement, as I said before, helps us to continue to save little lives. For everyone watching and listening, please get silly for a cause and support Red Nose Day, which is uh, Friday the 13th of August, and donate now at rednoseday.org.au forward slash donate, and we'll have all of those um, links in the show notes. Karen, thank you so much for your time. We know how busy you are this time of year and always, so so honoured, and I really look forward to the opportunity to be able to speak with you again in the future. Until then, take care and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kiddypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddypedia by visiting our website at kiddypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids. Bye.